0: I mean, in my career, when people leak classified information, usually if they give it to a reporter, it's because they want to expose what they think is wrongdoing by the government, or they have an ax to grind. I've never encountered an instance when someone was releasing classified information because he wanted to impress a bunch of teenagers.
1: This is my colleague Shane Harris. He covers national security and intelligence for The Post. Last week, it was revealed that a trove of classified U.S. military documents had been mysteriously posted online.
0: The Snowden leaks are one of the things that we're all familiar with from having seen documents of this sensitivity out in the wild. I think this leak is actually more significant in some respects. What we're seeing here in these discord leaks, it's just like a tour of the world. And it's real-time. I mean, some of these are referring to events that have just happened. And with such specificity and such detail, it's one of the most extraordinary disclosures of classified information I've ever seen.
1: On Thursday afternoon, we learned that authorities had arrested Jack Teixeira, a 21-year-old member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. Online, he goes by Jack the Dripper. He's known among his group of friends as OG. But all week, reporters like Shane have been trying to figure out why would someone do this? In a major break to the story, Shane sat down with a friend of the leaker, one of the young men who was a member of the online community where this all started.
0: Um, This was a very unusual experience. Not only is this person someone who appears to be at the center of this manhunt,
2: he's a teenager.
0: Go ahead and tell it in your words, right? Because right? this is your chance to tell your story mm-hmm. to people. So.
2: And I'll try to reduce my ums because I say um a lot when I'm when I'm thinking about something.
0: It's okay. Just so Importantly, he's long because long. he's underage, the first thing that we did was we obtained the consent from his mother, who's his legal guardian, to speak to him. He didn't want to be named or identified. And I won't call you by your name. All right. And Obviously, don't you know? Use don't use your name on the camera. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just so you don't have to edit that. It was both felt very normal and that I've conducted, you know, countless interviews before in my career and unique in that I've never sat down to interview a teenager who has insight into, you know, highly classified government documents that the FBI is currently looking for.
1: From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Libby Casey, your guest host. It's Thursday, April 13th. Today, we hear from a teenage friend of the man behind a massive leak of state secrets and get into why and how these confidential documents ended up in the hands of a bunch of young gamers.
0: The story really, for us, begins after the initial leak of these documents. And now to the mystery involving top-secret military documents. This morning, there are growing concerns over the security of the United States' defense secrets. After classified- Bellingcat, the Bellingcat organization, had traced some of these documents to Telegram and to Twitter, where they seem to be floating around. Like all journalists, we're looking at the documents that we can find, and we're asking questions. And we started trying to kind of piece together how do we learn more about not only them, but where they came from. I think we quickly realized that officials had basically no idea that we could tell. They didn't seem to know where this stuff was coming from. They seemed actually quite in the dark about how much information there actually was that was floating around. We then managed to, through some of these channels where things were appearing, locate and make contact
2: with an individual who was a member of a Discord server. And in this server was a small community of friends who have been friends for many years, playing games, watching movies, discussing cars and their pets and such. You can think of it sort of like a virtual
0: community where people get together to kind of hang out. And this person was in a group with another person, an older man in his early 20s,
2: who he only refers to as OG, who was the leader of this Discord group. And in this channel, there was classified documents being posted by a user who I will refer to as OG from this point.
0: When do you first remember him posting classified information in the Thugshaker central server?
2: I want to say about eight months ago. And it was originally...
0: And this kid basically told us that over the course of a number of months beginning last year, OG, who he said worked at a military base, began sharing highly classified information with about two dozen people in this Discord server.
2: I mean, putting it bluntly, there's talks of foreign intelligence agencies, who's supplying what and what wars, who's funding certain things, nuclear weaponry. There's talks of predictions on strikes, ICBM stuff. And I mean, that's hardly touching the iceberg. There's just- stuff- Did he get the magnitude of what was unfolding in his life?
0: It's, did he get the magnitude of it? I mean, is, is a question that I think I've been asking since I met him. He understands how highly classified the information is, no question. He
2: understands that what OG did was potentially illegal. He was a very smart man. He was aware 100%. A man this smart would not be unaware that this was illegal. You said he- and sharing it with people who weren't authorized to see it
0: what i couldn't sometimes quite understand is if he understood you know that this wasn't a movie that this was real and that you know he himself you know was potentially in some level of jeopardy you know you can kind of hear in his voice sometimes when he's talking i mean he he's very he's very presentational i mean he sounds frankly a lot older than he is sometimes but then there are times where i think you can tell this is a teenage kid. I mean, sometimes the way he misstates a word or the way sometimes the ideas seem a little bit grandiose. So you feel like this is kind of like a a burden of knowledge that you have to carry
2: Correct. I feel I know stuff that nobody should know, but if our government knows, then people must know.
0: You know, we were very, I think, diligent about really impressing upon him you know, the seriousness of the subject matter, our commitment to protecting his identity and, and making sure that he understood that when he sat down for an interview, which he wanted to do, that he understood, like, this is for real. This isn't a video game. And you're, you're not in a Discord server, you know, that millions of people are going to hear what you have to say.
1: What's actually in these documents? And it sounds like, Shane, you have now gotten access to a whole new cache of documents that you're pouring through. How important is this stuff?
0: In terms of what is there, there are several categories you have already found. Some of it is information that appears to be briefing documents prepared for senior military and government officials about the war in Ukraine. So positions of forces on the battlefield, how the conflict is going, what the forecast for the war is, the level of munitions down to the level of individual, you know, troop units and battalions. There's information that appears to come from a source of daily intelligence updates that are circulated kind of like a a world bulletin, if you want to think of it that way, to policymakers and and officials with the appropriate clearances. So there'll be reports that will say things about— You know, for instance, um, you know, North Korean nuclear missile tests and it will like tell you we're getting this from satellite imagery or there's a document that will say, you know, the Russian Ministry of Defense is having meetings with the Wagner mercenary group. We know this from signals intelligence reporting, which means the U.S. is intercepting the communications of some of these parties. So it's kind of like you could imagine like how I as a journalist would tell you facts and then attribute those facts to a source. It's almost like the the classified version of that. You can almost think of it like, you know, a news update.
1: Shane, why did this teenager talk to you? What was his motivation to speaking to Washington Post reporters?
0: Well, I think that one of the things he said at the beginning was that he felt the public misunderstood the nature of these documents and why they were leaked.
2: Well, OG, I want to get this right out the way. He is not a Russian operative. He is not a Ukrainian operative. I'll go as far to say he's not even on the east side of the world. Any claims that he is a Russian operative or pro-Russian is categorically false. He is not interested in helping any foreign agencies with their attack on the U.S. or other countries.
0: You know, he had the idea that the, that the government, the U.S. government was trying to tell people these were all forgeries by Russia.
2: If you think the documents are fake, you're Lost, you're very lost, and I do not believe that you have a full understanding of how this works
0: and there was you know one or two documents in the very beginning that were leaking out that appeared to have been altered pretty obviously. One of them was a document where someone altered the casualty figures in Ukraine to look at make it look as though fewer Russian soldiers were dying than the documents said were dying. And people I think inferred well that's maybe a, a Russian trying to change the document and make it more favorable. But it appears that that document was altered after it got out of the Discord server and got onto the wider internet. So he wanted to dispel any notion that these were all fake government, all fake documents because he said, you know, they're not. I mean, I know these documents. I've read these documents. I've been seeing them for months and months and months. They're real, and I know who gave them to us. And he also said he wanted to make sure that people didn't think that OG had a political stake. He kept saying he's not pro-Russian, he's not pro-Ukrainian, he's not pro-any state. Remarkably, he also said
2: he's not a whistleblower. There was no heavy Snowden-like conspiracy here, like some people may believe. This was more or less just him wanting to keep people informed and it leaking out.
0: Why did he say he was sharing them? What was the point of sharing them with you?
2: He said he was sharing them with us to keep us informed and in the loop about how the world is going right now.
0: You said he wanted to keep you all in the loop, why did he feel it was important for you to be in the loop and aware of these events in the world?
2: Everyone was like a brother or a sister on this server and he found it important that everyone was acting with due diligence and um, keeping people's peace of mind, whether or not people found peace of mind in these documents, he, I want to say he almost felt like this was giving people peace of mind to be able to read these documents and to understand. My interpretation of this is that OG kind of
0: wanted them to be you know, wise to the world around them and to understand that there were bigger things that were happening that you need to be clued into. I mean, you know, I'm not sure he would use the phrase like, you know, wake up sheeple, but I mean, there's a little feel of that kind of let me enlighten you into how things really work.
2: And in many of these documents, uh, we started to get a, a better understanding of the world and the current situation way before any news outlets or anyone else was aware of them.
0: And how did that feel to know things before the rest of the world knew them?
2: It felt like I was on top of Mount Everest. It felt like I was above everyone else to some degree and that um, I I would would be able to brag to some people um, that I knew stuff that they didn't. And of course, most people did not believe me. However, me knowing that I knew it myself was more than enough to keep my ego high. I mean, you
0: hear him saying, this teenager, I felt like I was above everyone else. I felt like I was on the top of the world hearing these secrets and knowing this information. And I think, you know, we can kind of put ourselves in that those shoes a little bit. There's a real thrill and a rush that you get from having access to information that very few people have. So I, I, I do understand to some degree why this was so exciting. What it seems to me, though, is that OG kind of wanted to live in that place maybe. Like he really enjoyed showing these other people that he had this information and he wanted them to have it too. And it's hard to know more deeply about his motivations, but he clearly it seems to me anyway, was getting some kind of a rush and a satisfaction out of showing people this information that, after all, he was forbidden by law from showing them. So just in the act of doing it, he's not only letting them in on a secret, he's committing a crime. Uh, And uh, I don't know if that adds to the thrill, but it certainly raises the stakes. Wow. How
1: did this teenager originally meet OG? How did they first connect?
0: So they met online about four years ago, he said. They actually met in another Discord server that was a hub for fans of a YouTuber called Oxide. Oxide is um, known for posting, you know, basically like military fanboy stuff, lots of guns, military tech, hardware. If you look at the Oxide channel, it just looks like, you know, lots of, you know— It's like reviews for weapons and it's, you know, pictures of tanks and it's, you know, people in combat play and this kind of thing. What they say is that they found the room, you know, kind of too crowded and they wanted some place where they could focus more on their own gaming pursuits and They could just kind of hang out and talk more about game techniques and sort of get to know each other better. You know, it's also important to point out, too, that both of these guys, including OG, spend a lot of time on the internet posting um, racist and anti-Semitic memes and jokes that are really offensive. And it's possible that they maybe wanted a place where they could do that, frankly, a little more in private, too. So they go off and they migrate to this other server that OG is the becomes the administrator of, and the th- the server is called Thug Shaker Central. And it's important to note that name also is a racist illusion, and it gives you a sense, I think, of the kind of tone of the room. Like this is a place where almost all men are hanging out and telling some really gross, offensive jokes. And then when the pandemic hits, this becomes their sanctuary. It becomes the place where they can come and talk to friends that they can't see in real life, where they can continue playing games and kind of have some sense of normalcy with these companions who are interested in many of the same things they are, who talk in a lot of the same ways they do. And the server became this kind of refuge for them and the pandemic. I mean, the, the teenager told us that he was struggling with bouts of depression and that his friend's in the server, we able to help him out that OG counseled him specifically. And this is where they formed this kind of, you know, deep family bond.
1: So they're on this private channel. And basically at some point, this member, OG, just starts sharing highly classified material to the other members. H- how does this start, Shane?
0: OG talked a lot about world events and was pretty explicit about having insider knowledge about things that, you know, your average citizen didn't have. And he kind of held himself above other people, I think, in that way, it's fair to say. And sometime last year, we think around the fall, OG starts dropping into the server these long text posts, kind of like imagine like long messages
2: in a chat room. As if uh, he had taken documents home and then typed them out. And these documents in this whatever was typed out had annotations so that people who weren't in uh, any intelligence agency or had knowledge of any of those buzzwords would have a better understanding of what those words meant.
0: And as he explains it, these are documents that he's brought home that he is transcribing by hand into, you know, by keyboard. And by the teenage kid's account, OG shares hundreds of these files that he's made himself. And, we, and we, you know, we have managed to see some of these files too. And then OG gets annoyed because it doesn't seem like people are responding to them. They're not
2: posting comments on them. They're not talking about them. So he started changing the format of the post from text files to uh, image files, And this was after a few debates and announcements saying that people were not paying enough attention to his posts that he was making. He wasn't putting all this effort into these text files with annotations for nothing. And if people did not start paying attention to them more, he would just either give them up altogether or get more lazy with them. And I believe this is how eventually it turned into just image files. He starts sharing
0: photographs, and these are—among them are the ones that everyone has now seen on the Internet. There are these pages. Some of them look kind of yellow. They've been folded into fourths. Many of them are maps and diagrams of what's going on in Ukraine on the battlefield, you know, satellite imagery. There are some that are just pages of, um, like, a bulletin, like an intelligence update of what happened today in country X, Y, Z. These were the documents that he was sharing with the group and kind of putting out there for their consumption.
1: I just I just have to stop you. Like, they're in there, yeah. they're talking about guns and games, and suddenly this, you know, giant text pops up that's about, like, strategy of the war in Ukraine.
0: Yeah, and like, you know, what Russian military units are doing in Europe. I mean, it's, I, I, this, it is truly, it is rather baffling, <laughs> you know, that somebody just decides to just, you know, here I'm going to drop some knowledge on you in the form of a classified government intelligence document.
1: Did the other members of this Discord family understand how crazy this was
0: i don't think they did no i mean in so far as most of them didn't even respond to it or seem to interact with it they seemed more interested in playing video games and talking about guns and like you know sharing crude jokes and i think that this by the members accounts annoyed og because he's like saying look i'm sharing this incredibly privileged stuff with
2: you why aren't you paying attention you know i mean show respect People were more infatuated with other channels such as the gaming channel or the guns channel on the server. When people came to the server, it was almost like an escape for them. However, being pushed directly back into international news was something that most people did not want to think of when they came into, into our server.
0: So it sounds like he was sort of, you know, Confronting them with news and reality, what they were more interested in was like entertainment, trying to just escape from things.
2: Correct, and these, these text files, and the they, they were long. They were very long, and a lot of people did not want to divert time out of their day that could be spent maybe farming on a game to reading these files that was almost like a school assignment. You know,
0: I, I doubt that any of them were just blasé about it. I'm sure they recognized that this was, you know, significant information, but they didn't stop and look at it the way I think, you know, you and I would, where we'd say, whoa, wait a second, what is this? And I mean, to me, that's kind of baffling. But at the same time, if I put myself in the shoes of like, you know, a teenager who's just there to like, make weird jokes and hang out with other kids and, you know, and play video games, I mean, what do I know about a CIA document that talks about, you know, Ukrainian munition supplies? I mean, over my head, And what's interesting to me, too, is that while, you know, many people appear, most people appear in the chat room not to have been, or in the channel not to have been interested in them, by the teenager's account there were a number of foreign nationals in that group. He estimated that of the roughly half dozen or so that were active members in this particular channel where they were sharing the classified information, half of them were outside the United States, which I think raises some serious questions about, well, they may not have been talking about the documents, but is it possible that one or two of these members was silently watching and reading the documents very closely? I mean, do you know for sure who these people are in your chat room? I think, you know, as I was listening to that, part of the account, I just imagined that, you know, a counterintelligence officer or an FBI agent's head would explode hearing that, saying, hold on a second, you shared hundreds of classified documents in a room with two dozen unauthorized people, half of whom are not even in the United States. And then you're just, your mind goes to, well, did they copy the documents? They could. Where are those documents now? Are they sitting in foreign countries? Are they in the hands of government officials? Once they're on that other person's laptop, can that laptop be hacked? I mean, there's all kinds of ways that this information was likely to leak out.
1: After the break, we talk about how the leaker lost control of the classified documents and what happened next. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, The Washington Post's new series of audio courses. OG is sharing this information in this private Discord channel. But then it gets out. How does OG start to lose control of the information he's sharing?
0: Sometime in late February, a member of this Discord channel takes some of the documents and posts them to a different Discord server. And what happens then is it appears that it tends to, it kind of migrates into other channels. People start grabbing onto it, sharing it in their streams, with their networks. And what I think is sort of the irony here is if you consider that OG took these documents in the first place from a safe zone, where not many people could get them outside you know, the confines of that classified environment, and then shared them in his community. Well, then someone in that community takes it outside of their safe zone and goes and shares it with a different community where people don't respect the controls over this information. And that's when it appears to start getting out and spreading. And it seems that OG figures this out. And as this teenager told us, he sends a message, this kind of very frantic voice message to members of the group, where he says... Something that I prayed and prayed would not happen is about to happen. You know, you'll see what I mean very soon. And now it's in God's hands. And sort of they're, they're very scared and nervous. Like, what's he talking about? What's gone wrong? And as the teenager tells it, a few minutes later, the New York Times story about these classified documents being found on a Discord server breaks. And it's at that point where the members of the group, our sources have told us, realize, oh, wow, like somebody talked, somebody shared something from within the community and this is what and they can look at the documents and they know right away what they are because they've seen them before and it's at that point that OG starts shuttering the Thug Shaker Central server and basically goes to ground and, you know, sort of says goodbye to his friends and says, you know, I've got to lay low for a while you should lay low too get rid of this information, get rid of any traces that you have to me It seems by this account that OG knows he's in trouble.
1: How long were the documents on the Discord server and then leaking out of the Discord server, that private channel, before the U.S. government learned about them? And what do we know about other governments learning about it, too?
0: Well, it appears that the documents went up in late February and early March on this other Discord server, the Wow WowMouse server, It seems like it was weeks before anybody in the U.S. government figured out that these documents were there. It's not even clear to me whether or not the Pentagon understood that they were out before the New York Times spotted them. Um, And there were people in the open source research community, I'm thinking notably of a researcher at Bellingcat, who were finding these things popping up. I mean, at the time, I don't think we knew exactly what they were. But, you know, there were traces of this showing up, you know, before the Times story broke. But, you know, the position of the government has been, the U.S. government has been for, you know, over a week now, we're just trying to sort this out. We're not really sure. (laughs) We're looking into who it may have been. We don't know
1: how bad it's going to be. We don't know if it's the end. We don't know how much more there's out there.
0: And, and they, I think that's true. I don't think they do. Um, I don't think that they have a firm handle or haven't had a firm handle on how big the universe of documents actually is, which kind of speaks to one of the basic problems here is, you know, why weren't they, why aren't there systems in place that could track this?
1: Shane, I've learned from your reporting that this was a concern, that this was an area that intelligence officials knew was a vulnerable place of the Internet.
0: Yes. I mean, I have spoken to, you know, one U.S. official who said that, you know, for a while now, for a number of years, intelligence agencies have been concerned that gaming platforms are essentially a kind of hunting ground for spies. Um, The concern was not unlike what you see here, that somebody from a foreign intelligence agency befriends another person, maybe a young young impressionable person who works in a government intelligence agency or a government installation and has access to classified information. They get to talking, they become friends. Oh, what do you do? That's so interesting. Fort Meade, Maryland. Oh, that's where the NSA is. Oh, how neat. You must see some really cool stuff at work. What, you show me something? I mean, it could be something as sort of basic as that. And you, know, you think, well, how gullible could a person be? this is how intelligence agencies operate they find people with information they flatter them they cajole them they give them incentives the the concern among this us official I spoke to was that you know recruiting someone in the virtual world, it's not all that different from doing it in the real world. I mean, think about how this Discord server felt like a real world community to the people who were in it. And so, you know, I think that, you know, you can see now that the anxieties about this kind of scenario playing out where you've got someone that doesn't appear in OG's case to have been recruited per se, but who was willing to take information from a secure environment and then share it with people who weren't authorized to see it. So to me, you kind of see a version of this fear playing out in this case.
1: After everything we've heard about young men and teenagers trying to impress each other and influence each other, can you take a step back for us and weigh how consequential the leak of these classified documents is?
0: I think that the leak of these documents, it's the consequences of it are twofold on the one hand it is causing you know a, a pretty steady stream of headaches for the biden administration because o- among other things these documents are revealing particular allies and allied governments and officials that the United States is monitoring, whose communications they may be intercepting. And, you know, governments, you know, they get it. Countries spy on each other, but it's always embarrassing when it leaks out that the United States is monitoring an allied government and there's some diplomatic repair that has to be done there. Um, The consequences on the war in Ukraine, I think, could be pretty significant. I mean, what these documents have revealed is that... The United States has a very dim assessment about the prospects for this counteroffensive for the spring that Ukraine is mounting. It seems like privately officials are looking at the war and saying we are kind of in the last phase here of before we get to a kind of grinding stalemate, which raises all kinds of questions of whether or not the US will continue supporting Ukraine or it's going to start pressuring Ukraine to kind of come to the negotiating table with Russia, which has been this incredibly fraught proposition now for more than a year that the war has been going on. I know from talking to someone close to President Zelensky in the past few days that he's furious about this because it feels like it's showing the world that the United States is counting Ukraine out. There's also the question of, you know, as these documents are floating around, Would a foreign intelligence agency be able to look at this and learn something about how the United States has managed to penetrate their inner ranks? Or how is it that the United States is collecting this information on the Russian Ministry of Defense? People in the intelligence community whose job it is to collect information jealously guard what's called sources and methods. They don't want their targets or the adversary to know how they know what they know about them. These documents start to reveal some of that. And so I think there's going to be a major movement quickly inside the intelligence community to try and do a damage assessment.
1: Yeah, because sources and methods is people and tools. So there now has to be a scramble to make sure that people are protected that their lives are not in danger and that the methods of intelligence aren't discovered
0: yeah exactly exactly and that's going to be like a major effort underway to shore that up and to protect those people
1: well shane thank you so much for sharing such an incredible story
0: thanks for having me i appreciate talking about it thanks
1: Shane Harris covers national security and intelligence for The Post. He reported this story with Samuel Oakford, audio recorded by Whitney Shefty and John Gerberg. On Thursday afternoon, in a briefing, a Pentagon spokesperson emphasized that there are strict rules for people with security clearance.
0: We do have stringent guidelines in place for safeguarding classified and sensitive information. This was a deliberate criminal act.
1: He also got questions about how this breach could have happened.
0: General Ryder, you say that there are strict protocols in place, and yet a 21-year-old airman was able to access some of the nation's top secrets. How did this happen, and isn't this a massive security breach? Uh, Again, we need to allow the investigation to run its course. We'll, of course, know more uh, when that is completed, so I'd I'd refer you to, to DOJ on that.
1: That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was produced and mixed by Ted Muldoon. It was edited by Maggie Penman. If you value this kind of reporting, please subscribe to The Washington Post. It's a great way to support the work we do. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe. I'm Libby Casey. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post.